You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Andre, how the f*** are you? That's not how we start these. No, I thought I'd do it differently. You don't do different, though. That's kind of your thing, is that you're like an 80-year-old man in a 50... Wait, for you? Are you even 50 yet? Uh, yeah, well, I'm 50. Yeah, you're, you're an 80-year-old man in a 50-year-old body. Something of that nature. And I walk like it, too. That's true. That's definitely manly, true. yes, but I walk it too. Um, so I guess first the the mea culpa. I'm an idiot. Well, so, well, everybody already knew that, but you proved it. I got a couple of uh, text messages from people asking about last week's episode. Um, I didn't realize we had already posted last week's episode. What happened was I was in um in our the back end of um SoundCloud, which is the platform we use to host our uh, host our podcast. Um, it costs a little bit of money every year for us to use it. So uh, anyone listening to this who would like to help us pay for our SoundCloud, patreon.com slash two guys talking wine. Um, but yeah, it was uh, an episode that was uploaded as a draft. And um, I was just like, awesome. Like you and I, we've both been very busy with our, our personal and professional lives. Like we've got a week where the content's taken care of. I posted it. And then lo and behold, I got a text message from uh, from Jordan, who was... Um, guest on uh, the last stump the chump and uh pierre who is a, a longtime listener so i apologize to anyone who was let down by the the rerun we did last week that wasn't done deliberately but it was a good show yeah it's always a good show and, and so. you, you know i was having a conversation with someone today because like i'm i'm pretty hard on the stump the chump episodes and you know part of it's shtick but it's just like i sort of pinpointed pinpointed what it is that that bugs me about stump the chump is um I think from my side, it's just like you and I have both worked incredibly hard during our careers to desnobify some of the snobby higher end parts of wine. Even though we both have access to high end wines, we try to, you know, make things a little bit more accessible. And it's just like the whole concept of blind tasting is like it's not something that most people like do on a regular basis, you know? So, I mean, no, about. It's true, but I, I will I will say this: there, it's it's interesting that uh, on on I work for Niagara Vintage Wine Tours, and uh, we uh, we actually have a visit to between the lines where we do black glass tasting. So interesting. It is interesting, and but the other thing is, I had um, another friend. I, I was speaking to them about like my feelings for Stump the Chump, and they said that listening to an episode of Stump the Chump for them is like watching Chopped on the Food Network, where. You know, it's it's sort of low stakes in the grand scheme of things. We have access to your fantastic wine cellar. And, uh, you know, it's sort of got a game show-esque element of it. So I am looking forward to our next Stump the Chump now that I've got that mindset in place. Yeah, I guess it, it is kind of like a game show thing. And it's, it is kind of fun. Then. The only problem is the, the only loser at that game show is me. Mm. So... You picked the topic for this week, Michael. What are we doing? Well, I, I received a, a box of a box of wine in the, in the mail uh, this week, kind of out of the blue. I uh, also I got a box of wine. Them. I also got a box of wine in the mail out of the blue, and was very pleasantly surprised when I opened it. Yes, uh, it was from Calmina, uh, which we have um, uh, we have tasted their wines before. We have uh, we have talked to Don Triggs. Uh, about this project, uh, about other things as well, but uh, about this project, 
and uh, lo and behold, uh, I thought, you know what? Let's uh, let's do a quick tasting of the reds. Uh, I tasted the whites uh, already. Uh, I think you said you were behind on that. And yeah, I'm gonna wait till I can, I can, white, yeah, I can wait until I chill them. But I had a chance to taste the. Uh, you know, I guess we can go like off to the races. Do you want to start uh, youngest to oldest, or should we start oldest to youngest? Are we talking the reds or the whites or what are we? The reds. I, I think you and I can okay. maybe do the whites in passing after I get a chance to taste them because I I don't want any spoilers from you. Okay. Well, I, I can I can whisper if you want to walk away for two minutes. I can tell everybody what I thought of uh, certain things. You know? Yeah. All oh. right. Yeah. I am going to take my headphones off, and then I will wait for you to like tap the microphone three times as a sign for me to to put my headphones back on. So uh, headphones right, are go. off All now. Right. So uh, there was a there was a Gruner uh, Veltliner, which was quite lovely. Uh, not specifically what I call it a Gruner Veltliner, uh, but it was lovely on the citrus side with a little lemon and a little lime. Uh, usually Gruner has got a little green note to it. This did not, but it was very very ripe. Um, I also tried the Viognier, which I think turned out to be my favorite of the white wines. That tropical note really came out with just that hit of acidity that made it all nice and fresh. And then finally, there was the Chardonnay. Now, Andre's going to love the Chardonnay. I'm going to tell you that right now. He's going to be like all over it. He's going to want to bathe in it. I thought it was a good Chardonnay. Uh, it was a tasty Chardonnay. Uh, it didn't get over a four star for me, but it was about a three and a half plus, uh, tasty Chardonnay, but, uh, still not, um, not, not, not a great, great Chardonnay, but a, but a very tasty Chardonnay. All right. Let's call Andre back and see if he gets the message. Andre, did you get that message? No, maybe I didn't tap it hard enough. Oh boy. Let me try that again. Okay. I'm back. I'm back. Okay. I don't think he tapped it hard enough. I, I was waiting to see the, the waveform. Uh, anyways. Okay, cool. That was brief. I'm guessing you didn't... That was 60 seconds. Did you Did you like the wine? Actually, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Never mind. I didn't want to leave you in the dark too long, Andre. I felt, I felt bad that you couldn't take part in that. So. Since when? You love the sound of your own voice. But I, I don't like the sound of yours. That's more, more, more <laughs> like it. All right. So let's move on to the, uh, onto the reds here. Um, Let's, I, let's try the Malbec first. Let's do Malbec. First. Oh, I, uh, I I jumped ahead and went Cabernet Sauvignon because I, I assumed you would go oldest to newest, and I um I opened it's up grape tasting now. Yeah, I opened up the uh, hypothesis um uh two nights ago. All right. Well, I've gone Malbec. Okay. So hang on. Let me finish this. Quite, quite uh, inky uh, purple, definitely. Uh, but I, I, I usually don't uh, care about color. It's not one of those things. And when I teach wine classes, I'm like, look, if it's red, it's if it's dark, it's red, and if it's light, it's white. That's really all you need to know. Well, I mean, that's the thing is, it's just like as um as someone who is a maker and seller of rosé, it does drive me nuts how people tend to drink with their eyes with rosé, where the color doesn't really have much to do with how you how you can predict <laughs> the flavor. Not- very, very little to do with anything. And I, and I think, like, my favorite, and, and I think a classic example of that is um, what Ilya Senchok does at Leaning Post with his Pinot Noir, that sometimes it comes out color-wise, borderline rosé, but it's always, um, you know, full of flavors. Full of flavor. Ooh, this well, is spicy on the there, nose. This is very I spicy on the nose. the Malbec. And, um... Uh, I don't know. I really don't know what to say with that. 
Um, I don't know if 2019 was, was, was similar out there as it was here. Oh, that's pretty vegetal. Yeah. Interesting. Not, uh, again, not, not what I was expecting, uh, nor am I liking that very much. Um, well, let me, give me, and, give me another. And if this was from Ontario, I would almost expect that because of the 2019 vintage being so cool. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the vintage in, in BC was, uh, for 2019, but if it was a cool vintage, then this makes sense. Um, if it was warm, then, well, I, well, we got a problem. Um, but yeah, that's very, very veggie. Uh, kind of uh, like tomato leaf. Okay. So take a look here. I'm from, um, winebc.com. Summary of the 2019 vintage. Overall, the 2019 vintage was a moderately cool vintage with wine showing juicy and vibrant fruit, crispicity, moderate alcohol levels, and bright tannins in red wines, all with the freshness synonymous with BC wines. Well, okay, I, 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 I don't, I don't think freshness is synonymous with BC wines. I usually go richness with BC wines. I would agree with that. Um, so maybe that's yeah, you know, that's maybe that's me. Maybe the girl gone grape can uh, can uh, you know set us straight on that. Yeah, but we're uh, seen about that. Um, I I find this uh, very veggie, very tomato leaf, very herbaceous. Uh, the tannins are a little on the rugged side. I I cannot find any fruit, uh, so it's a thumbs down for me. Um, second sip is better than the first. Um, you know, I guess I'm I'm bearing the lead a, a little bit, but having tasted the hypothesis, uh, I am not the biggest fan of this Malbec, and I think it's it's probably forty two dollars forty two dollars a bottle. That right. being said, like those vegetal notes could be really great blending tools and i know that makes up a key part of the hypothesis so uh, i don't see here this so this is a 2019 malbec currently the 2017 malbec is for sale on the Colmena website for 42 dollars a bottle okay all right so so uh, yeah i miss uh, i miss thumbs up thumbs down so i thought i would use the uh, thumbs up thumbs down now uh, that we uh, that we used at one point i can do that for the, the tree of these wines this is uh, this is a thumbs down for me okay so two uh, so two thumbs down on that one so uh, I guess on to the cab. So because it, it doesn't make sense to uh, to belabor uh, uh, the point on the uh, on the uh, other one. So here we go. I'm still finishing the Malbec. I didn't say I didn't finish it. I just, but I, I wanted to get the, the of the full idea of how it was, and I think that's really the only. The only way to, to do that, right, is to uh, to finish the glass that you poured yourself and, uh, uh, you know. All right. I'm on to the Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay. Since I started with the last one, it's your turn. Um, the nose on this immediately reminds me of the last vintage of Hypothesis that was sent to, to you and I, where it's so charred. It, like it smells like burnt wood, but there is there is quite a bit of cassis on this. Like it's it's I don't know this. Um, pardon me. The the ripeness of this is um, there's something Chilean about it on the nose. There's uh, I get that char, but I also get some vanilla and a little smoky note. 
but I, you know, unlike the um, unlike the Malbec, I am getting quite a bit of uh, of nice fruit as well, dark fruit, obviously, but uh, but but some fruit that I'm uh, that I'm kind of you know hoping comes across on the on the palate. Yeah, I mean, there's quite a bit of fruit on the palate here too. Um, this is definitely better balanced than I, I have to go to the website and take a look at, uh, at what the, the last hypothesis was that I uh, had posted about. So, okay, I'm going to, I'm not, I'm going to put it in my mouth. Title of my sex tape. Um, know, it's not funny when you do it to yourself, Michael. No, it's not, but I wanted to kind of stop you from saying it. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to raise the discourse on this podcast, so I would have thought it, but I wouldn't have said it. Actually, I don't know if I would have written about the last one because I really didn't enjoy it. But I'm thinking, look at other no, reviews I, of past vintage. I have that you're talking about. Correct. Yeah, I don't think either one of us did. So, actually, the funny the funny part of that hypothesis, if, if I'm not mistaken, we each got the same um, the same package, and um, uh, I think I put mine in the cellar because we tried yours at your place. Yes. Okay. So, um, 2014 mm-hmm. Coleman hypothesis I wrote about in 2019. Um, and give it four plus stars. And um, okay, the last package. Okay, the last package we got that was full of amazing wines was in late 2020, with the two single plots of Chardonnay that were just fantastic. Yeah, uh, those two Chardonnays were very good. I like uh, one over the other. I think. I think if I remember, I liked one better than the other and you liked the one that I liked better less than the one you liked better. I, I scored them the same. Uh, they were both oh. four plus stars. Um, and then the last hypothesis I wrote about was the 2014 vintage. So here we are like, I mean, the one they sent us was 2017. Anyways, the Cabernet Sauvignon, do, um, do we like this? Because I'm not sure I like this. So, it's, um, it's very tannic. It's extremely tannic at the moment. Um, it's you know for a 2018, you're talking. Uh, is it young? Yeah, I, I, I would I would think it's young. And 18 was a good vintage out in BC, is it not? Yeah, it's just like for me when I'm feeling how tough the tannins are in this wine, it. Um... I don't know, it feels like it was pressed too hard. Yeah, there's a there's a tough pressing here. And I don't know, you know, I keep getting some air trying to trying to find some fruit. Uh the nose is much better than than the palate. And uh I'm also picking up a lot of wood. A lot of wood. Title of your sex tape. Yeah, could be. Could be very, very much. Yeah. Sorry, I couldn't resist that one, even though I said I wouldn't. Um, yeah, it's um, this is one of those. I hate to say it, I'm disappointed in the in the cab as well. So I'm a thumbs down. I'm not sure if this is going to uh, improve in um, improve in a cellar either. Like this reminds me of like the last hypothesis. Like it's just I am not sure the decision making that's gone into like you know pressing the the crap out of these grapes and making this as tannic as as possible. I mean, it's the thing I love about BC is you get 
a little bit, uh, or sorry, shouldn't say BC in general, after our uh, lesson geography from Christine, um, but for the Okanagan, especially the South Okanagan, where Kalmanah is located, I like that you get that California plushness with the old world sensibilities, and I feel like this has lost that, and has just become, I don't know, an overdone mess. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm 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 with you, Andre. I I really don't like this wine. I I find that uh, that that fruit is hidden behind those tannins. I I I get a massive bit of um, uh, Chateau two by four here. Yeah, that's uh, definitely wood tannin to go with the go with the fruit tannin as well. So, so it's it's really it's a it's a tough wine to drink. On its own, obviously, that's how we're doing it. We're not, we don't have a steak in front of us or anything like that. But you know, who knows? Uh, maybe with a steak. But I really, I, yeah, I, Man, I, I can't, looking... I can't, in, 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 in good conscience, give that anything but a, but a thumbs down. I'm, you know, what? I'm going to revisit this at the end of the podcast. Uh, revisit this at the end of the podcast, and and see if it's gotten any better. But I mean, I opened the bottle right before we went to air with this. I'm still going to sip on this. Um, I know that we've always said it's thumbs up, thumbs down, no in between, and that's something we've been hard on. So I'm I'm deferring my judgment until the end of the podcast, and you talk about hypothesis. And I want to hear what you think, and then I'll share my thoughts. Now, the 17 hypothesis is a tight wine, but I I get fruit. I get I get a lot of fruit. I like this nose. I'm getting a little. Uh, red, black, and spice in here. Red and black fruit, obviously. Some spice. Uh, just a touch of vanilla. There's a little cinnamon. And this is all, all off the nose. Uh, but on the palate, as I said, now you see, I find there's some fruit here. Um, there is qu- still quite a bit of tannin and there is quite a bit of wood in here as well. But uh, I'm hoping uh, that the fruit will surpass those tannins or at least meld better through the course of the evening. Uh, I think you said you opened this and decanted it, did you not? I did. I opened it and I put it right into um, a decanter, like just knowing what the experience was with the last hypothesis and having, I guess, somewhat like mixed expectations on what the what the wine would be. I was extremely pleased with this wine. I think it 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 became something exceptional. It was. You're right. It's um, it's tight right out of the bottle, but it opened up very quickly in the decanter. Yeah, I, I can I can see that um, because in my glass I keep I keep uh, aerating it, and I'm getting some of that like like nice plushness across the palate. Uh, the back end has the those that that tannin that tea like tannin, but. Across the palate, there's a there's a real plushness of uh, of red and 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 black berries. So uh, yeah, I, I, I I'm a thumbs up on this one. I am also a very enthusiastic thumbs up on it. Yeah, I I think uh, it's 2017, so it's already five years old. I, I'm thinking two or three more years in a cellar uh, or decant like you did, 
and uh, and, and there's some happiness behind this, this glass of wine. But that's assuming that you like the wines young, like the way I enjoy the way I enjoy wines, right? Like where the tannin just falls off and the fruit still plush and vibrant. I think I think the structure of hypothesis, I think the assemblage of the of hypothesis has got it set to be a ten to fifteen year wine if people are more like you that like wines with that age, like that old, you know, leather and library feel to it as well. So, I mean, this is really, really Correct, great. but I think you're still looking for an element of, of fruit to still be in that wine, um, you know, even if it's just a dried fruit characteristic. Uh, you know, the, the, the leather and, uh, and, the, and the wood doesn't always carry a wine uh, in, its, in, its, um, in its old age, let's say. Uh, you still need some kind of fruit to show up, be it like a dried fruit, um, be it, uh, you know, uh, even something that's not even supposed to be there, like uh, like a mandarin orange or, you know, dried orange peel or something like that. Something to give it a little more complexity. Uh, I don't know if this will make it there, but I, I do believe now and for the next uh, two to four, maybe five at the top, I would not go longer than five. Huh. Okay. Well, then I think it's time to revisit our thumbs up, thumbs down thing because I know that you, you are more adverse to spending a, a pretty penny on um, a bottle of wine than than I am. And the 2016 hypothesis is forty six dollars. Do you think forty six dollars is too much to ask for a, a wine that doesn't have more longevity than than five years in a cellar? Um. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. But there are people who are going to love this wine as it is, and they're going to think that $46 is great for a drink now or a two-year wine. You know, there are, there are, and, and I, and I believe that's the, that's the, like, that's British Columbia, right? You're, you're, when um, Christine was over here and we did a, a large tasting without you, Andre, sorry, of, uh, of some Chardonnays that I had kicking around uh, for tasting. Uh, she tasted like the Henry of Pelham at, uh, at under $20. And she was like, wow, th- that wine there would be, you know, 32 in, in, in British Columbia. So BC's prices are inflated next to Ontario because they're, they make less wine. Uh, well, and it's also like the classic supply and demand. I mean, BC people actually support their industry, unlike a lot of Ontarians. That is correct, too. Yes. So, I mean, if there's demand for the product, obviously the prices are going to going to creep up a bit. Correct. You want to, I think you you want to keep a little bit of wine around until the next vintage instead of being completely sold out and being out of sight, out of mind. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Um, I am still thumbs up on the hypothesis. I just wanted to um, to push back to see if I could convince you to change it if you were firm in the in the opinion. I actually do think it's going to last longer than. Then five years, but I think it's going to be in its peak two to three years. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think that I, it it could last longer. Uh, those tannins uh, and the acidity say it should last longer. I'm just just not sure it's going to have fruit. I am a thumbs up though. I am a thumbs up on the hypothesis. Well, I'm looking forward to tasting the whites. Um, and I guess uh, one other thing to just make a quick shout out to: um, I did some bottling this week, oh, and I can't wait. Are you gonna are you gonna go back to the cab or you're just not gonna do it? Oh. Oh yeah, that's right. Actually, hang on, give me a second. There's only there's only one thumb out there on the cab. So and and it's mine. It's hanging out in the breeze. It's 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 waiting for the the, the high five or the low five. 
or the low one, I guess is is what it would be. So I guess uh, Andre's going to taste that wine again, and I'm, I'm I hate I hate to say this. I'm not going to lie. Um, I think I shifted into enjoying the Cabernet Sauvignon so seamlessly. I didn't realize it wasn't hypothesis in my glass. Oh, I think you should revisit the Cab Sauv now that it's been open a little bit because it has opened up very quickly. Okay. All right. I will take your. I will take your advice. And um, give it a I little... I am a thumbs up on this, but it's a sort of a hesitant thumbs up. This is not even close to the best cab stove that I've had. Certainly not the best cab stove that I've had from from the Okanagan. But it's um it's behaving now. I'm enjoying this. I actually I really this. love the nose. I want to say that right from the outset. I also I love the nose. This, the the smell on this wine just just lures me into this glass i want nothing more than to like this wine. get into it get into it um i think the tannins are still way too grippy um but there's fruit now at least in my bottle there's fruit now there wasn't when we first opened it this needed a bit of time well i was aerating the hell out of this wine and uh when I was in the glass and it still didn't want to open up and give me enough fruit. And, uh, you know, cabs known for, for fruit. Yeah. It's known for leather. It's known for, you know, but it's also known for, you know, uh, there's some bittersweet chocolate in here. Um, it's almost like, like taking a mouthful of cocoa powder, you know, mm. call me a curmudgeon. I'm still thumbs down. At um, what did you say? It was forty two dollars for the cab. Uh, I think it's forty flat. Okay. Um. Yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, just to give it a, a comparison uh, here in uh, in Ontario, uh, the I Sellers cab stove is is a is a much better value, uh, even at its higher price than uh, than this one. Well, there we go. We 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 gave it the college try for anyone at um. At Artera, who sent us the package, we gave it the college try. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much. I, we, you know, we really do appreciate it. And um, you know, when we do these live tastings, we are, you know, we're we're live. Uh, and uh, you know, in, integrity means a lot to both Andre and I. And uh, I just want you know people to know that uh, you know we appreciate you sending your wines in. Uh, it, it it takes a lot to know that somebody is going to. Uh, either pan or or praise uh, your wine, and uh, you, that's the risk you take. And um, you know, I, I, I we appreciate the wines coming in. They didn't know we were going to do this. They didn't say, "Hey, would you do this for us?" Uh, it was just an idea we had, and I'd I'd like to do more of them, Andre. Yeah, I'm cool uh, with that. We, like, like I said, like the, like that. The, the pandemic, both a combination of the pandemic and the LCBO. Basically severing ties with journalists uh, really put a damper on thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, but I think as we're heading out of the uh, heading out of the pandemic, um, um, we'll see if we can maybe resurrect this thing because I really enjoyed that process as well. Yeah, I, I I always loved our thumbs up, thumbs down, and as I said, the LCBO did a did a real disservice to um, to Ontario consumers. Not the not for the first time. Like Christ, this is all they do. Uh, but uh, by by basically 
cutting journalists, uh, Canadian journalists, Ontario-based journalists, out of uh, the tasting room and letting us taste the wines that are coming in. Yeah, they, I mean that's you know, that's one thing. If I can go on, a, if I can go on a bit of a um, a quick rant, do you, do you mind? No, go ahead, as I'm probably with you on it. So um, I'm I'm purchase, still purchasing wines from the LCBO from time to time, and I uh, will occasionally do pick up in store. And then what happens after the fact is I'll get an email from the LCBO asking me to review the product, which is which is all fine and well. I think consumer reviews can be a powerful tool and an authentic tool. Um, I work for a marketing agency where we help businesses manage their their Google reviews, which is you know sort of one of the last bastions of honesty. If you're worried about your Yelp reviews, like don't worry about it. Yelp is such a joke. Um, you guys can DM me about that later. But talking to agents, if you take a look at the submission requests from the LCBO, the LCBO requests for wines that have received high scores, basically. So you know, if you can get into the pockets of certain reviewers, you can ju- just ask for a high score and then submit your wine, right? But I mean, here's the problem: is where does the integrity factor into this? Do, does anyone at the LCBO do any vetting of where these scores come from or who is doing them? And I guess better yet, if you're from a tiny producer who just happened to make, you know, say a thousand cases of something and you want to get that skew into the LCBO, what do you do if you don't meet the threshold of being like, oh, we're looking for Gamay from X region, but all need to have 90, 90 plus scores attached to them. I think that's that's problematic. And the fact that the LCBO is now no longer giving access to journalists to their tasting room means that those scores are largely going to be coming from outside of Ontario unless the agents or the wineries have a way to connect with Ontario journalists. And once again, you know what? I love the critics who work for, for WineAlign, like Michael, Sarah, John, all people I've tasted with. And uh, people who have fantastic credentials have worked very hard for them. And I know that's a, a fine line that I am I am walking here, but the fact that WineAlign takes money in exchange for wine reviews, and the critical part of this, sorry, Brian McCaw, I know you've tweeted at me and talked about this, and also Dave Larison, you've tweeted at me about this as well too, if you don't like the review, I can ask you to take it down, means you're no longer doing journalism. Yeah, Full that's, stop. that's true. Full stop. Full stop. Full stop. And, and, you know, this podcast has got two, well, yeah, I guess three, it's called negative reviews. You've got a you got uh, two positive and one positive from me. Yep. But I mean, that's 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 the the chance you take, I guess. So uh, when when we we do this, the other the other problem, and I know that you've uh, you you touched kind of on it. The LCBO has said, um, you know, review this wine. Well, here's uh, here's a, a a bigger kicker. At one point, I uh, I tasted a, a wine from Bursano, and it was their um, Costa Lunga, uh, which was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's a Barbera d'Asti. And uh, I wrote a glowing review. I basically took the review off my website, put my name to it, uh, and uh, um, put it on the LCBO's website. They took my name off of it. Interesting. Well... Yeah, I mean, I've posted I've posted reviews as well. I'm not going to say which which wine, but it was because it was an, a negative review that I saw had positive reviews on it, and I was just like, how can anybody like this product? Um, but I did use a use a, a pseudonym, and um, it it did go live. Oh, 
Well, that's that's at least a bonus, at least a pseudonym. Oh, and here's another but, I mean, thing. I, here's I, a, here's... I put my I put my name to it, and they they purposely took it off. Well, I mean, you're you're alleging that they purposely purposely took it off. Oh, I know they they must have. Well, because I've, I did, did, when your review went on with your pseudonym, did the the pseudonym go off? No, my, my pseudonym's still there. Uh, Correct. And if anyone wants to guess, it's for uh, it's for a bottle of Chardonnay. But I, I'm I'm just saying they took my name off of it. I put my name on it, and they took it off. So uh, obviously, because they realize I am a reviewer, right? I I, I have appeared in the magazine. I, uh, before. Listen, Michael, I think you're being a little conspiracy theorist. No, no, I've, like, I've been in their magazine before. Okay, I have, Michael, uh, Michael, let me yeah. let me just finish though. Like like I said, like with what I do at at my day job managing people's directory reviews. You're assuming that there is someone sitting at a computer reading every single review that's written on the LCBO website. Like the LCBO has thousands of of products. My here's my challenge to you is find three other products that you've enjoyed available through the LCBO, write reviews and let's see what happens. And if your name gets removed from from all three of them, then there's something afoot. All right, I'll do it. I think you're being a little conspiracy conspiracy theory here, but I know it is frustrating because like you you and I even though I think we're a little bit more polarizing as wine critics than many of the others in in the industry, we've tried really hard to navigate within the framework of how things are supposed to work. And we're trying to work hard to get access to products so that the people listening to our podcasts, reading our websites, and listening to our radio segments are getting honest opinions. And the LCBO is making it really hard for us to do our jobs properly. And I would agree with that 100%. Okay, now that we, we, we've gotten all riled up, can you go back to the Cabernet Sauvignon and see if your your thumb's going up yet? One last time, Andre. I mean, I gotta make dinner, damn it. Yeah, me too. What I'm 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 doing a throwback recipe tonight. Don't ask me what it is, please. Is it the egg roll, the healthy egg roll in a bowl recipe that I taught you that you've now turned into this? It like... is. It is not. It is not. It's something I used to make when I was in university. Okay, uh, I'm yeah. having army base stew tonight. I used to call it concoction because basically it was what things I found in the fridge and threw it in. So <laughs> that sounds like the most you thing ever. Well, oh, okay. So it's it's ground beef, uh, a noodle of some sort, and then some kind of vegetable. You can also take the noodle and use rice if you want, but uh, usually it's peas. And then, so I mix that all together with, uh, with like a VH, either a dry garlic sauce, a medium garlic sauce, or a honey garlic sauce. Do you make the sauces from scratch? No, I use. A, I just told you I use a VH sauce. Okay, I told you it was, it was something I, I made in university, and for some reason I always loved it. Always loved it, and it, and it he it warms up well. You can have it for like weeks on end when you don't when you don't have anything you know great in the fridge, but you got you know meat and noodles and sauce. Are they okay? And and not, and, and not tomato sauce. So. Okay. Okay, so you have now retasted the uh, the cab so for the third time. Any better? Um, tannins are softening a little bit. Okay, but they still give me that 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 woodsy that woody note in the back of the throat. Uh, no, it's actually at the front now, the front of the tongue. So, uh, I'm I'm still down. Still down on it. I don't think those tans resolve themselves correctly. I'd like to know if you have the notes in front of you because I don't. How much new wood went into this one? 
I don't. They're downstairs. Yeah, see, yeah, I'm in the same boat. But I, I, there, there seems to be a fair bit of wood, and I don't think it resolves. I'm Andre Pru from UnderWriteInterview.ca. That was not a hard edit. That was just me making a bad segue. Uh, I mentioned it already, but patreon.com slash two guys talking wine and at Andre Wine Review on all social media. Michael, take us away. I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. Uh, you can find me on social media as The Great Guy uh, and as Michael Pincus. And, um, you know, Andre, uh, that was a lot of fun. So uh, it was great connecting with you and doing this. And as always, good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. Two Guys Talking Wine is produced by Jim Ray, Adam Duran, and Ken Little.